2: Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the Nocturne Alley of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who have no interest in reading Magical Me. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, BJ and Spencer. How y'all doing?
0: Well, I would read the shit out of Magical <laughs> Me, but besides that, doing fine. Yeah, I was going to say, I 100% don't believe you. And are you saying we're the one of the dark corners of Mangum talks?
2: That's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that part's true. Um.
2: Yeah, we are we are darker and more interesting than the rest of this podcast channel. Um, so we <laughs> Some are Some sort on, of
0: fly-by-night operation.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: We are on chapter four of book two of Harry Potter, titled At Flourish and Blots, and we have a couple of segments tonight. We have a rapid-fire recap, um, we have BJ talking about wordplay or narrators or whatever tickles his fancy. Um, then we have newbies notes with Spencer, and mm-hmm. I award house points, and um, I think that, that there will probably be some questions at the end of this episode.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Just a few.
2: <laughs> so, um, are we ready for a recap?
1: We are, assuming you've got a uh, estimated time completion.
2: I, it should be under two minutes. This is a weird chapter that like there's a lot in it, but if I'm not going to talk about all of the details, then I can skim back pretty significantly. It's one,
1: it's one of the longer chapters we've read in a while, but you're right, it flows pretty quick.
2: Yeah. Um, actual sort of plot itself is under two minutes-able. of
1: all. right, whenever you're ready.
2: OK. So we get a lot of exposition at the beginning of this chapter about how great life is for Harry at the burrow and how weird it is for him to live somewhere with people who like him. School letters come with book lists containing a lot of books by a certain Gilderoy Lockhart. Ron's younger sister is starting at Hogwarts this year. Plans are made to meet up with Hermione in Diagon Alley, Percy still being weird. Days pass. The Weasleys inform Harry they'll be traveling to Diagon Alley by flu powder, which involves chucking yourself into a fireplace and trying not to break your arm when you come out of another fireplace. Harry chokes in the process, ends up in a very dodgy area, some sort of dark wizard shop. Surprise, surprise, the Malfoys are there. Harry hides while they try to sell something because the Ministry is conducting raids. Harry sneaks out, has no idea where he is except for a sign saying Nocturne Alley, and bumbles into Hagrid, who uh, directs him back to the street and Narrow. They meet Hermione, everyone heads to Gringotts, and Harry is very embarrassed that the Weasleys have to get every single coin out of their vault, while Harry is flush. Much shopping occurs, and we finally get back to Flourish and Blotts, where Gilderoy Lockhart is of course giving a book signing. And there are many witch- witches primping in line. Um, Lockhart catches sight of Harry and pulls him up for a photo op, much to Harry's displeasure. The Daily Prophet snaps a picture, and Lockhart decides to make an announcement. He's the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Malfoy turns up again and is predictably an ass to Harry and the Weasleys, as is his father, who takes a lot of time to make fun of Ginny's second-hand books. Mr. Weasley launches himself at him, and they have a bar fight in a bookstore. Everyone is set to rights, and they head back to the fireplace at the Leaky Cauldron.
1: Oh, you did that in like a minute 30, bravo! Oh. Thank
0: you. I'm impressed. I feel like bookstores would be way more entertaining if they were a bit more like, uh, bar rooms.
2: Yeah. A little like punk scene, punk scene bookstore. That's, that's what I want.
0: So there was actually a story on NPR about, uh, basically small bookshops doing surprisingly well, um, mm-hmm. even with the likes of Amazon. Uh, taking a putting their tendrils into all sorts of corners and you know it's just one of those things where it's just like hmm it'd be fun to have like a bookstore like bourbon and books all the the old dusty things on (laughs) shelves that you could possibly want
2: uh i will say that in downtown asheville there is a um bookstore and champagne bar
0: of course there is (laughs) yeah but are there books that you actually want to read or champagne that you actually want to drink if you I think do that says either, all. It... <laughs> I need to know.
2: <laughs> no, there actually are. It's it's actually it's actually very nice, um, and gets nicer the more champagne that you have, hmm.
0: as most things do. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, uh, BJ, what do you have for us this
0: week? Um, not a lot. I feel like a ch- choosing wordplay um, sort of takes a, a nosedive after the introductory chapters with the Dursleys, mm-hmm. um, but we do have my appreciative. And continu- continuing considerations of uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, amusement with alliteration.
2: Yes, we get a lot of it in this chapter.
0: Um, I think that the Gilderoy Lockhart is sort of the uh, her letting her her inner alliterative uh, artistry come out with uh, break <laughs> a, with a banshee, gadding with ghouls, holiday with hags, travels with trolls. Voyagers with vampires, wanderings with werewolves, and you're with the yeti. um I am kind of disappointed that she got lazy. Very clearly, because um, it's TVWY, and I feel like you could have, you know, at least filled <laughs> out the harder ones. I, you know, I'm sure something with yous you know in the underworld like i I don't know (laughs) it's a long series ahead of us i'm sure he's got the
1: entire list of alliterative titles ready to ready to be bought for for future students
0: well he has
2: clearly gone back to the Ms. with his magical me
0: yes (laughs) unfortunately they don't justify the means for the uh weasleys but they do what they can (laughs) yes um Uh So yeah, okay. that, that's essentially all that I have, other than the um, question that I'm sure we, as well as all of our listeners have, which is, Spencer, how hmm. long did it take you? Remind me? Well, there's another pun in this chapter. Oh it, god, well, I think <laughs> the answer is still not yet, then. Um, it,
2: t- it took me this long.
0: <laughs> so, so there's... It took me until, until you explained it right now. Diagonally... <laughs> Which is diagonally. We've already had that one, I remember that. And then there's nocturne alley, or nocturnally. Okay, well, uh, I have an answer for you then about how long that one took. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so when you were like chuckling a little bit about my fly-by-night operations and uh, dark corners, it was for other reasons? I thought there would be a point eventually and that I would participate until I understood it. I, I thoroughly appreciate your coming along with the joke. I, I, there's nothing I like more th- about you than your willingness to be the straightest of straight men. <laughs> you know, I think there's a certain value in life of just wandering through baffled with a smile
1: on my face. And I uh, answered your question uh, in terms of when I started to this present moment, it took me 93 hours to get that particular joke. <laughs>
2: Oh, our little Hufflepuff. I am here for you. <laughs>
1: um, sh- sh- shall we go into other things that yeah. confused and amazed me?
2: <laughs> Excellent. Spencer, tell us more. Uh,
1: point number one. Is there like is there like a, a package I can pay for just to live with the Weasleys for a few weeks? Because it just sounds fun. Their house just feels like a blast. There's crammed in there with all of these interesting items there's lots of wonderful people about are always engaged in activity it just sounds blissful
0: i feel like that was essentially our new years yeah this is why i keep going every year
2: (laughs) there were there were not as many owls as one would have liked
1: no and no and no mirrors that told me to tuck in my shirt thank god for that
2: Uh, No, but there are people who will perform that function for you if you so desire, Spencer. (laughs) No,
0: (laughs) no, not at all. There were like random noises, apparently, as one of our um, other Megum Talks uh, talents, uh, Levi was complaining about because there was apparently a lot of squeaking that that he was uh, (laughs) accosted with.
1: (laughs) I don't know about this.
2: Where was it coming from?
0: Uh, it was coming from the, the fan, um, in in the room that he had turned on. But Mm. since he had like earplugs in, he did not realize that it was within the room. He thought that the squeaking might've been from, um, a, one of his neighbors in, in the bedroom that he was trying to (laughs) sleep in, which Hmm. I might've been in with my girlfriend. And, and he was a little bit surprised (laughs) about said squeaking until he realized that it was a fan like 20 minutes later.
1: Well, based on what I've learned in this chapter, I'm going to offer an alternative explanation. It was a ghoul in the attic. Yes. (laughs) That seems to work for me. Uh, Next point, and this one just left me baffled, but Hermione's parents are here? Hermione's parents, Mm -hmm. two mugglest of muggles, previously probably had no background in the magical world, are just wandering through Diagon Alley? They're very supportive. How does that work? (laughs) How does that work? We just heard the Ministry of Magic is watching everything and trying to keep these two separate. Arthur Weasley works in a department designed to prevent muggles from fighting out about the magical world,
0: and they're here on a day pass? It's a dispensation, exactly. It's a day pass dispensation. Um, if do, do, do they
1: get memory wiped on exit?
0: How did, I have questions.
1: This, that caught me off guard that everyone's just so casually that, yeah, they're here at the bank exchanging currency.
0: Like the Catholic Church, if you pay a certain amount of money, you can get away with certain things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I wasn't thinking about that comparison in mind, but fine. Indulgence as it is. Uh, next issue, I'm going to have a few questions for you, Sarah, about that in terms of how that works, because that has conflicted with my prior understanding of how this line of demarcation functions between Muggle and Magical. Um, Next issue. Arthur Weasley just kind of casually just tosses out that Dumbledore already knows you're here. Mm -hmm. And nobody really goes into that more, that apparently Dumbledore has better spy resources or better awareness than the Ministry of Magic does.
0: He's a creepy old man and we already know this as soon as (laughs) Harry was moved out of from under the cupboard as soon as the the Dursleys left for the boat He pays a lot of attention to um, his The boy that he would not take responsibility for
1: (laughs) Which raises Man that's condemning right there (laughs) Uh, it raises a question for me about is this a thing that he uniquely does for Harry or is it part of his role of being a senior magical figure is he just kind of supernaturally aware in any way that he wishes to be? It seems like everyone's kind of aware that that's just how it works and they're okay with it which just adds to the list of very weird things about this magical world that people having grown up in it just kind of shrug to. That there is an old man who's constantly aware of everything I'm doing and his name is not Santa Claus. Uh, question for y'all. Did you all ever have a professor like like Lockhart that made you buy all of his books at the start of the semester? Because I had a few of them in law school
2: i have it wasn't all of her books um but I have so well and i've I've actually had a couple of um a couple of instances of this, especially in grad school um mm-hmm. where you know, the the professor is essentially teaching a seminar that is based on whatever their most recent research is. And therefore, um, we're all buying whatever book came out in the last year um, that they have produced. And it's a, like, $60 academic press book that I will never look at again. Um,
1: I, I feel almost like for a lot of these things, I'm paying, like, $250 for a public speaking fee on behalf of my professor. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but yeah my ours ours were not in in an English department. Ours were not as expensive, I think
0: as like law books tend to be uh, oh
1: yes bj any similarity there? Has it been a bit different in the sciences world?
0: I was going to say it 's mostly different. I did have a chemistry teacher who wrote a textbook and workbook pair that you had to buy i couldn't tell you how much it was anymore but it was completely unreasonable for something that was uh that plastic spiral bound stuff Mm. um which it probably would have been way more expensive had it been like hardcover bound but it was published by the university so like it wasn't going to be a macmillan uh thing or whatever but uh i think in the sciences if you want to if you're going to teach from a textbook for the most part there are like three accepted textbooks to teach from in any Mm -hmm. given field and there's some more leeway in some of them but there really are like the this is the book to teach from like organic Mm -hmm. chemistry for the most part is taught from brown and foot in most universities or at least it Mm -hmm. was for like a good decade from around when I took it up until relatively recently. I haven't touched base again, but again, it, like, I think I had the third edition and the last person I had talked to that was currently taking organic chemistry had like the fourth or fifth edition. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is familiar. Things are basically in the same place. Um, so I think it's a little bit less of that. Um, but, and then I, a lot of research is a little bit more distributed. So in classes that are a little bit more cutting edge, it's going to be like relatively current publications, which people just print out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well,
1: what's, what's interesting for Hogwarts here is it's the school is just we've seen before just gives so much individual power to the professors and is so accommodating to their whims that what Lockhart's doing does not appear to be the norm. In the sense that there's only one other book other than his on this list that. There is a standard book of spells, which feels like it's going to just be a textbook they're going to refer to in all of their classes, and then there's, what, seven from him? Yeah. And Paul like, sure, I guess you need that many for Defense for Against the Dark Arts this year.
2: Why not?
0: I mean, after uh, the last one, they need all the help they can get. I mean, they probably <laughs> yeah. didn't get a really good year last year. No, no, the implied death
1: of your professor at the end of it kind of puts a bit of a code on what was probably a disappointing <laughs> year
0: well uh i guess i was thinking more that a professor that's inhabited by the dark lord is probably not teaching you the best defense against (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i think that maybe gives him a very practical basis
1: of understanding to teach people about how to defend against the dark arts he's kind of living it kind of yeah Uh, other interesting issues The Weasleys are dirt poor. Everyone says the Weasleys are dirt poor. But they're English gentry dirt poor. These guys own some land. They have property. They have a friggin' country estate. But it's the distressed uh, rural aristocracy kind of thing. Of where they've got this. It's probably inherited. They're an old wizarding family. But in recent times, they've fallen on hard times. Particularly since they just have way too many damn kids. 100%
0: Sir Duncan the Mm -hmm. Tall would have showed up at their door. (laughs)
1: yes yes uh other things flu powder sounds like the most terrifying thing ever and gives me memories of kind of being over at new people's houses for the first time and trying to adapt to their customs real damn quick
0: (laughs) what what do you mean adapt
1: to their (laughs) customs were you like come on these foreign countries that I visit?
2: I think we've thousands. established
1: that I am a creature of habit and very easily <laughs> disturbed away from those, so nothing quite as extreme of flu powder, but it brings those kind of memories to mind.
0: Um, excuse me, um, Mrs. Smith, um, what is this macaroni and or cheese that you were referring to that we're going to have for dinner?
1: If you would please explain a bit why is there an in rather than an and between them? I'm <laughs> lost in the middle. <laughs> No, come on, you guys know me well enough. If you put the fork on the wrong side, I'm going to be lost midway through dinner. It's like, Uh,
0: oh, sorry, I was eating with my knife. I didn't realize the fork was on this side. I used the thing on the right. What do you want? Uh,
1: Let's see here. (laughs) God, you set your table wrong. I know, I potentially said that one. At least I know that much. Uh, You also get very
2: concerned when there are lights left on in our house overnight.
1: This is true, too. There are many things. (laughs) uh let's see what else uh lucius malfoy is fascinating and multifaceted and feels like he's the walking embodiment of plot because he just kind of wanders into the scene and suddenly we've got a very in-depth depiction of how he treats malfoy in their day-to-day life we've got references to raids by the ministry we've got poisons we've got some connection to the muggle protection act we've got debates about wizarding blood we've got his direct confrontation with arthur we've got his willingness to get into a fistfight in the middle of a bookstore and apparently not act that posh about it. He's kind of smiling at the end of it. There's a lot that's going on here, and I'm very curious to find out more about this guy, because it seems like, kind of similar to what uh, Professor Quirrell was last time, this is our, ne- our newest embodiment of our connection to the uh, Dark Wizards, and what's, what's, the, what's the other term for Dark Wizards? I'm blanking on it right now. Death Eaters? It's, death Eaters, yeah. I don't uh, think, I think we know that heard... yet. Well, we've talked we've about
2: in... it. We've okay. talked about it, whether it has actually come up on the in the book or not
1: I've heard it somewhere but we've heard before that this guy was directly affiliated with him but kind of then pled the excuse to some other people did that oh I didn't really want to do it I was mind controlled and that's apparently worked but to a degree that still no one trusts him but still very fascinating character curious to learn more because it seems like a lot's going to be driven around him uh, as for other things, just I enjoy that, that Hagrid is dealing with flesh-eating slugs on a daily basis, but is more concerned about their possible threat to cabbage. And the book seems to be trying in these last two chapters to lay uh, Harry and uh, Ginny on pretty thick, which leaves questions to me about whether that will be a thing going forward. We'll see. Writing it down for for, for a further update.
2: Okay. Well, Spencer, you have done an excellent job of getting to all of the details that I could not get to in my. This is most in, in my recap. So thank you. That's great. Mm. Um, okay, so we have house points next, and this is like a kind of a weird chapter <clears throat> for slithering. this because we. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we have so many people um, mm-hmm. in this chapter, like far more just. Players than we normally do. I, BJ, are you are you putting a a, a vote in for Slytherin to win this? Uh,
0: I, I think that that uh, I'm assuming that the Malfoys are both Sly- Slytherin. I think we do know that mm-hmm. they are. Um, yes, and I'm I think that they pretty well win this chapter. Other than, um, I mean, obviously eye. Harry does you know does do well because he's not being abused right now <laughs> and and uh so that's a plus uh, but but honestly like you know they're they're dealing in questionable things and doing fine with it and and avoiding the law i
2: i think that that is a fair choice i would put another option out there which is to say that out of all of the people that we have encountered in this chapter, Gildroy Lockhart is coming out the best.
0: <laughs> I would comfortably put him in Slytherin.
2: <laughs> I don't know hmm. if we ever learned what house he was actually in. He is um. smarmy,
0: <laughs> as smarmy, charming.
2: Yes, ambitious. Um, okay, so I, I suppose if we are if we are going by houses in in this. Exact point. Um, yes, Slytherin is probably coming out on top. I would put Gilderoy Lockhart at the very top of that
0: heap. Oh, um, even more interesting. Guess what house he actually is in? Oh God! You, it, is he in an Gryffindor? He is not in Gryffindor, yeah. oh Sarah. Oh God, Sarah, is... it's targeting you.
2: <laughs> well, he is very good at something.
0: Yep, he is a <laughs> Ravenclaw. <laughs>
2: He learned one thing very well. Um,
0: How to be creepy. <laughs> Do I know the one thing yet? No, you don't. Because um, he got the creepy part. Could, could be the creepy part. I mean, he has a—he might have a thing for a middle-aged women, so he might be very <laughs> or good at Or at least they fawn over him.
2: That's true. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that along with, like, clearly killer book sales that he is driving himself um, through various income students, um, he is getting great press at Flourish and Blots. he is getting pictures taken with Harry Potter, fights are breaking out in his in his book Honor. signings, like this is everything he could have wished for in an afternoon.
1: I, I, might offer, I might offer a bit of a strange honorable mention, but I think Arthur Weasley had a pretty damn good couple days for him. He got to hang out with a hell of a lot of muggles, got to answer all the questions about his hobby-related stuff, <laughs> and he got to punch Lucius Malfoy in the eye. That sounds like a pretty good day.
2: I think yeah. that is a pretty good day for him.
0: I think it is, but I feel like punching Malfoy like was sort of one of the satisfying things, but it was like uh, everybody knows he shouldn't have done that, and that's like ten points Some... off of Gryffindor, like if anybody else was watching, <laughs> kind of thing. But,
2: and uh, t- Lucius Malfoy seems to have quite a bit of power just in the world. Yeah. It's probably not going to end well, although I will readily admit that I have given points in the past just on where we end a chapter, not on what is coming next. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, in terms of losers, we have, we have talked about a lot of winners today. Um, I have got to say that despite her sort of cheerfulness... I am not sure that uh, Mrs. Weasley is coming out particularly
1: well in this chapter. She certainly had a very stressful day by comparison.
2: Uh, And she didn't even get to meet Lockhart.
1: Hmm. This is true, too.
2: And she now has no more money left. (laughs) And her husband is getting into fights in public.
0: Yeah. It's not great. How awkward was... Like, I... That's like the weirdest train ride ever. Hmm? In the bank. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah,
2: going in between the vaults. Yeah. yeah, that was really uncomfortable.
0: Did they do that in the movie?
2: Um yes, they did. They did. They I I I'm pretty sure they showed both of the vaults. I remember Molly Weasley kind of like sweeping I think she was sweeping all of the
0: money Is there from like their a vault a in mouse skittering out of there just to like <laughs> reinforce out <laughs> tumble- tumbleweeds
2: it. Yeah. going through. <laughs>
0: ghost playing cards. Um, I don't know. It also just seems so weird because like the feeling that I get is is Harry Potter just like essentially scooped like a couple thousand dollars into his pocket and Mm -hmm. then didn't pay for anything. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, hey, I'll get you some ice cream. (laughs) And
2: I feel like that's a like, I think you're right. I feel like that's a really difficult like social situation for anyone to navigate, really, but especially like a 12 year old boy, to navigate the situation where you have money and you are around adults who don't, like, I don't know. I feel like that's really hard.
1: D- didn't he end up get, kind of getting, uh, getting her, Jenny her books for free?
0: Yeah. Well, but it, stealing it from the bookstore, getting it from, like, whatever. He
1: didn't steal
0: them. He got them from Lockhart. Sort of, yeah. But, <laughs> still not the same
1: thing as using your wealth to maybe b- help that a bit Fair. but as you said Sarah it's it is a very awkward moment for him he's not sure what to do here this is not something he's encountered before
2: yeah it's a hard one and yeah this was a hard chapter for winners and losers for so I don't know we've done our best it worked <laughs> um, all right what questions do we have to close this out
0: what the hell are Hermione's parents doing here
2: I don't have an answer to that Spencer
0: I'm so, like, there's clearly a lot of dispensation for family, like, close family members of wizards. Yeah, because like, they
2: have to know. I mean, they're legal guardians. Right. And, their and kids like, are the just Dursleys going.
0: know about magic. Yeah. And I guess, like, our don't blab about it because People would that think would think ruin
1: they're nuts. the book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's an element probably of no one would believe you anyway, but otherwise, is it an honor system? Are they magically compelled? Do we we get information about how the various muggle families, because apparently there's a
0: lot of them out there. Spencer, it's it's in England. We don't talk about such things. (laughs) (laughs) It it wouldn't be proper.
2: Um, I do think that there are certainly ways of dealing with families if they started to blab. just sort of blab. Yeah, we we never really... see that. Um, it, it never pro- happens. But we also never see any other muggles just wandering around Diagon Alley,
1: so... It, it struck me as weird, but uh, Hermione's parents being Hermione's parents, they probably wanted to go. I, w-
2: I would think so. I would think they'd be interested.
1: Well, hell, I'd be interested.
0: <laughs> would you, though? Knowing um, yes. that you could never like, have anything to do with it or ever talk about it essentially... Outside of that,
1: yeah, sure. I'm a loner. I'm good. Okay. What you got, B.J.? Any questions?
0: Oh, I have. I have a number. Oh, good. Let's oh, go. Oh boy. Um. So, so you had questions about one set of parents. I have a question about another parent. Um. So, Mr. Weasley. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is his job, Sarah?
2: Um. He is, uh, in the um. Oh, God, what's the office actually called?
0: He's the head of the Misuse of Muggle Artifacts office. Okay. So, his lack of understanding of the Muggle world and how everything works in the Muggle world seems that it would be a detriment to his job.
2: So, I have actually recently read a theory about this.
0: Mm. Um, because uh, you're,
2: you're right, BJ. This is the kind of like a big question mark around Arthur Weasley. Um, the theory goes that when we see Mr. Weasley like really go hard into the like, and what is the purpose of a rubber duck kind of thing, um, is frequently in situations where um, either there is there is tension in the family or... Harry has gone through something traumatic like
0: He's just locked being a up good in his, guy and being like a good that listener. he's
2: actually just trying to draw Harry out of himself or whoever it is. He's trying to ease the tension in um the conversation or, or the situation or whatever. Um, so, so this is his He's like he's actually just being a good dad. Yeah.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So I mean the other side of it is and I was going to kind of ask this that like his position kind of seems vaguely um, secret Mm agent-y. And so I guess that was the other thing, like, it's kind of like a known secret within the family and so, but like, whenever he's anywhere else, he essentially has this front of like, oh, muggle things, how do those work when, how you know... How I
2: possibly know anything about any of this? Yeah, that might be part of it, too. I don't, I mean, yeah. That's that's certainly possible. Um, you know, I think it's also pro- there's there might be a measure of truth to some of it, too, just given the extent to which the Ministry of Magic is trying to keep wizards somewhat separate from the muggle world, right? Um, and so it could be a kind of um, I, maybe we could we could draw some some comparisons to the British Empire in, in this situation, uh, where you send a whole bunch of functionaries who have these very grand titles in to do jobs that they are in no way, shape, or form prepared for.
1: Mm-hmm. And they ship back lots of artifacts that they barely understand to bring back the British Empire and are now currently in the British Museum.
2: Yes. Um, so I think all of these are possible. I like the good dad theory. <laughs> Just because I really, I really like Arthur Weasley.
0: Yeah, Um, he he seems like the kind of entertaining dad that that gets into sort of the right amount of trouble. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The fist fight was a little bit the fist fight was a little bit unexpected for me of him.
1: It's in fitting with what I've seen the rest of the Weasleys, but it it didn't seem in character for him. But in retrospect, yeah, that's kind of what a Weasley would do in that situation.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think anyone else expected it either. Um, Other questions?
1: Spencer, Uh, do you have more? Yeah, I got got a couple. Um, Muggle Protection Act. Can I find out what that is now, or is that important to find out later?
2: Um, I mean, we learn more about it later. We learn more about it later.
1: Okay. I'm figuring it in some way bleeds into his personal diatribe about wizarding blood doesn't matter as much anymore.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the gist of where it comes from. We learn, we learn more specifically about it and kind of um, events and d- d- feelings and actions around it later. Um, but you have the, the gist of, you have the gist of it, more or less.
1: All right. Well, since I was short, a quick follow-up. Are raids by the Ministry a regular thing? Because Malfoy seems to, do, seems to be acting as if this is the new norm and they're happening kind of all the time.
2: Um, They. That's a really good question. They are like the somewhat. War drugs. <laughs> just say no. More on poisons. Um, they're somewhat. They're somewhat regular. I think that. So uh, they're they're somewhat regular in that like we see throughout, and this is a little bit related to your last question, Spencer. We see kind of throughout the books. Sp- Wrinkled around, kind of Arthur Weasley going out to do quote unquote raids, or coming mm-hmm. coming back from raids essentially. But they're usually pretty small scale. There's usually just like a couple of objects that have been um, cursed or bewitched or something and have kind of made their way out into the muggle world, whether intentionally or not, is variable. Um I think what we get from this chapter from Lucius Malfoy is that the raids that he is talking about and concerned about are like, we're talking like drug kingpin.
1: Yeah. Like kilos and kilos and kilos,
2: right, uh, um, of cocaine out on the table. And so it's interesting that we are hearing Lucius Malfoy Talk about this and also kind of interesting that it seems like it's not the first time that it's happened to him particularly mm-hmm. um, you know it is unclear then at that point if like the raids that he are ta- he is talking about are happening to his cronies or if there is potentially like a um, an outlet of this bad blood between Arthur Weasley and Lucius Malfoy that is playing out specifically in Lucius and the Malfoy family getting raided more frequently um, mm-hmm. than other people are. Unclear.
0: So a very Taylor Swift of him. <laughs> so, um, I, I did forget about this one great word that, uh, was pertaining to my last question, which were, um, escapators uh when, oh, when mr weasley was <laughs> completely hamming it up with the escalators <laughs> um that was pretty great um so muggle is used a lot mm-hmm. but it has a it doesn't quite feel like it's the m word but but it does have like a weird um it almost kind of feels like part of NAACP where it's, mm, it's iffy because um, it's just like, oh, you guys are muggles. We have to sit down with like you benighted people and see what you're like and have a drink with you. Mm-hmm. Um, And how much of that is I'm reading something into it that isn't there or and how much of that is like we have to refer to them as something so I you know muggles is as good as anything else
2: Um, I think I think it's a little bit of both I think that for I think that there is this idea of like well we have to refer to them as something right but you could just like when 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 um, Hagrid is first explaining to Harry in the first book what the term muggle means he says well muggles are non magical people so mm-hmm. you could easily just refer to them as non-magical people, right? Like Muggle has this kind of, um, even just from the kind of sound of the word, the kind of informality of it, it has this connotation of like some sort of slang, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that it is, even when used in, my sense is that even when it's used in kind of like the most innocuous of terms, the most innocuous of of tones and and ways by like the Weasleys or or whoever, or or Harry or or even um you know, Hogwarts students who come from Muggle families, it's in the best of situations it's dismissive.
0: hmm
2: Right? Does that is that does that jive with how you all are reading it?
0: Yeah, I mean I guess like I would kind of equate it to mutants and X Men. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, where it doesn't quite have the same stigma but there still definitely is that stigma and it could totally break out a little bit further but it's like a semi accepted term.
1: It's almost like the thing where they have so little participation in society that they don't have they haven't invested enough thought into thinking about it being an impolite term. It's like they need to have more involvement and integration before they can even work their way up to realize
0: oh this is a little bit pejorative isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are yeah, right I now in separate fair. but unequal and might figure it out from here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so so I actually have more of a newbie's notes question. Um Ooh, my What? Nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> hemming in on your territory. Um, but I did want to make a... Um, so wizards can go through fireplaces um, up a chimney down but not down a chimney up. And but my actual question is: uh, Hagrid seems to be in interesting places a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of sketchy AF, and mm-hmm. I don't like. Why isn't Dumbledore just like, all right, dude? You need to chill with this, like, <laughs> being sketchy. <laughs> uh,
2: this come this this very point, B.J. comes up later in this book.
0: Okay.
1: It, yes. It almost it almost seems like at times that Dumbledore is just too damn strong and just too damn powerful and so he's kind of reached that almost godly state of where he just kind of exists to be amused and doesn't really matter if individual people fuck things up he's like eh I can fix it later if I need to for right now it's just entertaining
2: yeah or he's just decided that his his decisions about people processes and things are always right because they always have been right Um, (laughs) ego and that's the way it is
1: all right yeah, I that works too
2: <laughs> to be determined um other questions to uh close this out tonight
0: yeah I'm good uh, I think that's it for now
2: all right so next week we have chapter is this chapter five?
0: five,
1: five and it, it looks like it's an angry whomping tree on the willow. cover
2: the whomping willow it was whomp, made for whomp. you BJ <laughs> is that
1: a is that a car in its arms
2: Well, you'll have to wait and see.
1: (laughs) I'm intrigued. I will find out.
2: All right. Well, this has been fun. Um, I look forward to our next escapades. Sounds like a plan. All right. Bye, y'all.